Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. What kid doesn't love the idea of best friends forever? But friendships are a lot more complicated than what we see portrayed in TV shows and movies and on the internet. Why? Because friendships involve a lot of big, difficult feelings. We've talked about feelings a lot on this show, but this time we are applying them specifically to friendships. Almost all children know what it feels like to feel shy at a new school or at somebody's party, furious with a friend for not showing up or divulging one of our secrets, sad when a friend moves away or chooses to sit somewhere else. Kids care a lot about their friends, so it follows that they have big emotional responses about them both in and out of school. Let's talk about how to help kids deal with their emotions about friends with a friend of, a sh- of our show, Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore. Eileen Kennedy Moore, PhD, is an author, psychologist, and mom of four, based in Princeton, New Jersey. She's the creator of the Kids Ask Dr. Friend-tastic podcast. Her recent books include Moody Moody Cars for ages four to eight, Growing Feelings, A Kid's Guide to Dealing with Emotions about Friends and Other Kids, that's for six to 12, and Kid Confidence for Parents. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore. I'm so glad you're here on how to talk to kids about anything. Hi, Robin. I am delighted to be back. I I just love your show. Oh, thank you. We love having you. I just love your practical advice. I love that you don't talk over our heads. You give us exactly what we need and we do need it. But before we jump in, can you just tell us what lights you up and what energizes you? Well, I think it really is helping children make and keep friends. Mm. That's kind of the answer to everything. Yeah. So when I was growing up, my family moved around a fair bit. So I kind of became an expert on making friends at a Mm. young age because I had to. But as an adult in my practice as a clinical psychologist, I hear kids talking about friends all the time. And also with my own kids, this is what they care about. You know, kids don't go to school because they love the curriculum. They go to school <laughs> to see their friends, right? <laughs> so, Super interesting. Uh, yeah, but if we look at the research about friendship, if you want a kid to feel happier, help them make friends. If you want them to cope better with difficult situations, help them make friends. If you want them to uh, feel more confident or to be less likely to be bullied, friends. If you want them to be more engaged in school, friends. So I really do think it's kind of the answer to everything. And as adults, we know that it's our relationships that help us to get through and make the good times more fun and the hard times easier to bear. Mm, You said it. I mean, it is the reason why we moved here to North Carolina. I feel so happy and in my element. My husband and I just comment on it all the time about how important friendships are. 
Now, I was showing my son some of your book last night. It's extremely well-written. It's accessible. It's easy to read. I love the explanations. Many of your lessons about feelings and about friendship revolve around the idea of feelings in a story, like a story that we tell ourselves, a story we have, how we interpret the events of the story, how we feel and we think and ultimately act when something occurs, when an event occurs. So how can our version of a story, the story we tell ourselves, impact our feelings, our thoughts, and our actions, and what ultimately happens as a result of those feelings, thoughts, and actions after an event happens. You're absolutely right, Robin. So um, my co-author, Chris McLaughlin, and I, we'd written a book a while ago called Growing Friendships, which is about the skills that kids need to make and keep friends. But then we were thinking about it and we're thinking about where do we have our biggest feelings? It's about friends. And why is it so hard sometimes to make friends? It's because of those big feelings. And sometimes kids think of, well, this feeling just fell upon me and you know, that's it. Mm -hmm. But with the idea of the feeling story, we break it down. So first there's an event, but that event doesn't directly elicit a feeling. And and it certainly doesn't directly elicit an action. What happens is as soon as that event happens, we human beings are meaning-making creatures. So we thought, think about the significance of that event. Why is it happening? What does it mean about my relationship? What does it mean about me? And -hmm. those thoughts are what trigger our emotional responses. But we never have just one emotional response to something. So sometimes we can dig in within ourselves and find different feelings. Our feelings trigger our actions. And that's when we cross from the inside ourselves to outside to the outside world. And then, and this is an important part, our actions trigger reactions from other people. So we want to try to anticipate that. Now, the beauty of a feeling story is that we can... Each of those points are a point of intervention. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can change the situation. Sometimes, often we can think about the situation in a different way, which is going to trigger different feelings. We can muster those different feelings. We can choose how we're going to act and we can anticipate how the other person is going to respond. And all of those are super useful. Mm -hmm. Now, what if we took an example just so that we can explain this idea of this story that we're telling ourselves in a very practical way? Let's say uh, we typically will talk to our friend after school uh, on the phone. Okay. Now we're, you know, we've, we've newly maybe gotten our starter phone. Uh Maybe we're 12 or 11 or whenever people are starting their kids on starter phones. And it's all very exciting. The last couple of weeks, our friend, we've been talking at 345 every day. We get home from school, we eat our snack and we get on the phone and we talk on the phone. But today that did not happen. Our friend did not call us and we called and it just kept ringing. And now that's the event. So how can this story go? Well, let me tweak the story a little bit because kids almost never call. Um, oh, so right. They probably, text. It's no, probably right. a text. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a very common experience, right? We send a text or we're expecting a text and we don't hear anything. But now we can go to the thoughts 
area. And what Chris and I talk about is the maybe game. Now, maybe your friend is not respond, responding because she hates your guts and the friendship is over, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so what are some other maybes that we can come up with? Maybe she got in trouble and her parents took her phone. Maybe she forgot to charge the phone. Maybe she wasn't feeling well. Maybe she had a lot of homework. And when we can come up with all of these other maybes besides deliberate meanness, then that explanation seems less likely. We know from research that kids and adults who are prone to anger tend to assume that other people are doing things out of deliberate meanness. Mm -hmm. but that's really pretty rare. So then we have to jump to the area of feelings. Now, of course, we're irritated. We were counting on this. We were looking forward to texting with our friend. But can we find some other feelings in there? Like maybe compassion. Um, maybe this friend is just not that good at texting. Um, <laughs> maybe they're knows? kind of respectable. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so if we can kind of find some compassion or some acceptance that can temper our irritation, then we cross into the line of action. So one option is we could text her. Why aren't you responding? Come on, come on. You said you were going to do this. You're not here. Yeah. Do you, are you mad at me? Why are you <laughs> mad at me? And when the friend looks at the phone, she's going to have like 87 <laughs> angry texts from us. It's not a good idea, right? If we anticipate how the other kid is likely to react, um, we know mm, not a good idea. What fuels the development of children's friendships from those beginning love the one you're with friendships of the toddler years to the more intimate and lasting friendships of the teen years is an increasing ability to understand someone else's perspective. Mm -hmm. Thinking about what reaction do we want? What actions are most likely to elicit that reaction is really, really useful. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I might try twice. Hey, I thought we were on for now. Mm -hmm. you okay, everything okay. So I might express concern for her mm -hmm. rather than irritation. And then I would probably let it go and maybe ask tomorrow when we mm -hmm. see each other in person. Mm -hmm. What I tell my clients all the time is don't try to solve an emotional problem in a relationship via text. Oh, yes. Right? Because text yes. is such a stripped down form of communication. There's no tone of voice. There is no facial expression. Mm -hmm. There's no body language. Right. So the chances of misunderstanding are really high. Text yes. is great for I'll meet you at four o'clock right. or oh, I'm running late. Um, but for dealing with anything emotional, you're leaving out most of the information. Yeah, I usually tell kids if you have if you feel like you have to explain why, that's no longer a text. <laughs> it <laughs> like is literally just for the who, what, where, <laughs> and when. Sometimes right. how, who's driving, but if or sending have... a funny bunny video. Oh, sure. But if it if it if there is a why involved, yeah. nope. It's so funny. I think about like, yeah, calling people on the phone. My, my daughter is, you know, very big on FaceTime uh -huh. and, you know, so it's a lot of, it's no longer, I call them calls, but yes. you're right. There is uh -huh. no, they're, they're not really calling each other uh -huh. or my son on discord, uh -huh. uh, which is, is not the same thing as calling, but some sort of seems a little bit sort of similar. Uh -huh. So I love the metaphor that said that friendships need to be like a game of catch. I did show this to my son last night. 
Yeah. I, I really loved it. I said, so, so basically the page shows this, this girl is like hurling water balloons at this, <laughs> at this other girl, because friendship is supposed to be like a game of catch. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to give your friend space. And if you feel like, like you were saying, like you just gave 87 texts, like you're basically throwing <laughs> these balloons, water balloons at this other person over and over and over again. And the other person's like got their hands up in the air, like yeah, they're not stop. throwing anything. They're not doing <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So if that just comes to mind. What do you want kids to know about coming on too strong? So this happens sometimes, you know, and we, I think it's really important to understand that we all make mistakes socially mm-hmm. and that's okay as long as we don't continue. So we've all had the experience of you say something, you think it's going to be funny and it's not funny. Oh boy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Stop. You know, that's okay. <laughs> you know, just move on. It's not a big deal. <laughs> but if you keep persisting, no, the yellow one, get it, get it. The yellow one. No, really the yellow one. Uh-huh. You start annoying people. <laughs> right. Uh, so in growing friendships, actually, we talk about stop signals. Yes. And their kids can be very blunt. It's like, stop it, quit it, cut it out. You're being annoying. Mm-hmm. And with some kids, I will actually list all of these, or sometimes it's nonverbal. They'll go or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, or they're turning away. You need to be aware of those stop signals. And then when you see one, stop. Because if you keep going, it's like saying, I don't care how you feel. Right. That, of course, is not a way to build a friendship. Now, for some kids, it's hard to stop. Their brakes aren't fully developed and it's just just difficult. So with those kids, um, sometimes a physical strategy will help. So cross your arms and give yourself a little hug or sit on your hands or pretend your tongue is stuck to the roof of your mouth Mm -hmm. um, with peanut butter or something. Um, Sometimes it's useful to have a phrase like, okay, I'll stop that. This is what we do in my family. I think it's from your book. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you have a kid with ADHD, sometimes they need that like extra little. Yeah. It's three seconds. It's so easy. And he said, now he, you know, he does that all the time. I have to tell him because he's a really funny kid. And sometimes his jokes are hilarious. And Uh other times it's like enough. And he's like, okay, I'll stop. And I'm like, wow, that really is carried. Yeah. And skill is really scary. So you're signaling, I care about your feelings Yeah, and you're giving yourself that extra three seconds, a little breaking room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to know because otherwise you see people getting angry and frustrated with you and you, you haven't really put together the reason why. Right. Um, and I just, I love that whole balloon metaphor. That was hilarious. So <laughs> I was, I was interviewed on the today show a few years back about compliments and how women and girls tend to be freaking awful about yes. receiving it. And I'm like, yes. that's a general statement, but they had me on because clearly it's enough of an issue right. at the time. So Hoda asked me how I, she's like, well, how would you respond if somebody was like, Hey, I like your, I like your glasses. Okay. And I always have like, you know, fun glass of red, green, whatever, blue. Um, and so I said to her, I was like, you can say thank you. And if you wanted to add something like you can ask, I really like red or return a compliment with, and I really like your bracelet. Okay. Well, when I said to her, you can like add on to it, like, you know, I really like my glasses were red. I really like red. And she's like, no, no, that's too much. Like, oh my gosh, we, 
we we've gone. I don't know if who if it was Coda or the or Kathy Lee or who it was at the time that that was like, no, that's too much. I'm like, wow, are we really at that point? Right. So I, in your book, you talk about about compliments and how kids can be pretty awful about them and yeah. like downplay them as much as possible. Like you get a compliment right. on something and you're all of a sudden you're like, no, I like the way you explained it though. And I think it really hits home. So can you explain if you were talking to your kid and your kid does that all the time, like, yeah. no, no, it's not, it's this, it's bad, blah, blah, blah. Right. What would you say to them to help them understand the role of compliments and how they could respond? So a compliment is like a little gift, right? What do you say when someone gives you a gift? You say, thank you. Anything else is rude. And if you argue with the compliment giver, then you're insulting their taste. Why would you do that? They're being nice to you and you're like insulting them. Exactly. I love that idea. It's like giving a gift because it, it just goes with what I was saying, which is like, you know, if somebody gives you a gift and you open it up and you go, oh, thank you. I really like red. Yes. And by the way, I like your brace. Like all of those things would happen if you if you were opening a gift. And so right. the the idea of explaining that script, yeah, that compliments are like a gift. And each time somebody says, I really like your this, or wow, you really played well in the game it's not a time to now dissect the gift and how the other person is wrong. No, (laughs) this is awful because you would never do that. Even when grandma gives you that horrible itchy sweater with the, you know, the bird on it, you (laughs) don't dissect, you say, thank you. And you might even say, I like birds because that's all the birds are really cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So but this is part of imagining the other person's perspective. And this is something that I think is very much missing from the conversation about children's emotions is emotions are generally, uh, once we start expressing them, they are a social phenomena. They're the link between our inner experience and the outside world. And we have to be thinking about the other person, Mm -hmm. not exclusively, right. but in addition to ourselves, we have to be able to, to hold both in our mind, how I'm feeling and how you're feeling. And let's, mm-hmm. let's bring that together. So a similar example, because somebody who says, um, argues with a compliment, what they're focused on is their own discomfort with, yes. the, with the attention. Mm-hmm. And they are completely closing their eyes to what the other person is feeling, the compliment mm-hmm. giver which is their, that person is trying to be generous and kind. So thank you. Mm, And they may even be trying to connect with you. Giving a compliment is a great way to approach someone. Um, And it's got to be a sincere compliment. Sure. Like you have to mean it um, because lying is not a good way (laughs) to make friends. obviously. (laughs) But but we tend to like people who appreciate our finer qualities. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So think about giving compliments too. Um, With some of my, my clients, I've said, okay, here's the deal. You got to give three compliments this week. Mm -hmm. Stretch yourself. And they're like, oh, I don't know what to say. It's like, yeah know what you admire, know what you like, and just say it. It's a little gift. It's a generous thing to do. I said to my husband, I said to my son one time, I was like, you can be like, Hey, like your shoes. He's like, mom, don't be weird. You know, because (laughs) I mean, that might be something I might say, although he, 
like he likes sneakers you know like yeah. he he might notice a lot of that kids are into sneakers yeah. yeah so like hey like however you say it in a today's lingo all right might not I say like cool, your shoes cool. you might not say yeah. cool kicks i don't know but you might say something else i mean it's it's funny how old i got like recently yeah. while well, my I kids know, are now I'm teenagers <laughs> i know like now it's now, I, I, now I'm totally strange. So there was a section on mistakes and which I, I, I have a section in my book on, on mistakes and failure and how to talk to kids about mistakes and failure. So I felt a lot of synergy with this. Yes. Um, we have a lot of similar ideas. We do. We do. And my first chapter is on big feelings. So it's like all this stuff winds up overlapping, but I think that the way that you use your illustrations and the way you talk about it, it's really important when we make big mistakes and you have one of them in your in your book it was like i felt really bad like this girl throws a ball and some at, at somebody it hits them in the face at recess like right. i totally felt that because yeah. we've been in similar situations before where we've you do something yeah. and like the other person gets really angry but not only that like other people are also now like like how can you be so dumb and like how did you not do that you're so mean or whatever and you're like right. you didn't even do and it starts to bring stuff up in you you might start to say things like, well, you did this and it's your fault and you don't blame right. other people. Right. How can we teach our kids to, I mean, that's like a, oh, it's like a terrible feeling at that time. How can we teach our kids to humbly and kindly accept responsibility of their mistakes and help to repair and heal that friendship in that moment when you're feeling, I don't know, angry, ashamed, guilty, Absolutely. you know, everybody's looking at you instead of finding an excuse or blaming somebody else or playing the martyr. Oh, this always happens to me. We've unseen all of these types of things. Yes, exactly. But what, what can we say to our kid who, who finds themselves in those types of situations? So an apology is the fastest way to repair when we've made a mistake. And a lot of kids struggle with mm -hmm. apologies because yeah. they think an apology means admit your badness, <laughs> admit that you have not a shred of goodness within you. And that's not true. An right. apology is actually an expression of caring for the other person because mm. Like I wouldn't hurt somebody deliberately, but I might do it accidentally. I have done it accidentally. Yeah. Uh, so of course I am sorry that someone is hurting, you know, and that's not saying I'm a terrible person. It's my concern for, that that person is hurting. Mm -hmm. So it also helps to have kids know how to apologize. Right. You have to say the word I you have to say, sorry. And you don't say, I'm sorry you did this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you have to say what you're sorry for doing. And then often, if you can do something to make amends or mm. to tell them from now on, I'll do this. Um, like in the example of hurting somebody accidentally with a ball, um, say, let me get to bring you to the nurse. I'll go get you some ice or something like that. But another caveat though, because as much as some kids resist apologizing, there are other kids who apologize excessively. And they're like, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm such a horrible person. Exactly. Right. And what I tell clients is never apologize more than twice. Mm. 
Think about that. So the first apology is an apology. The second one is for empath- emphasis. Yes. But if you apologize more than twice, you are taking the attention off of the injured party uh, and putting it on yourself. And now they have to comfort you. Oh, uh, and that's backwards. That is so beautifully said. I love how concrete that is. Let's just highlight that, that <laughs> we're just going to apologize twice and and let it go. And sometimes they're not like even right next to each other, right? It's sometimes it's, I'm so sorry that 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 I threw that ball in your face. I, it's absolutely not my intention, but I obviously you got hurt. So let's go get to the nurse. I'm happy to help you. Like, like we can get some ice. And then it might not be until like the very end of the day when you're like, hey, how are you feeling? You know, checking back in with that person. And I, I'm really sorry I that 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 I threw that ball and I my aim was terrible. Sorry about that. You know, yeah. you, 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 you might, it might be like hours difference. Isn't that correct? It could be, but, but what's guiding this is your concern for the other person. Yeah. You're imagining their reactions, not getting stuck on thinking only about how I feel. Mm, mm, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I had a client uh, once who was a young girl and she hated, hated, hated having her picture taken, mm. but it was grandma's birthday. And the whole extended family was gathering and grandma really wanted a picture of the whole family, including this girl. So I said to the girl, I get it that you hate having your picture taken, but whose feelings are more important in this moment? It was grandma's. So good. Yeah. So sometimes your feelings are most important, but sometimes it's somebody else's. Right. And that's okay. <laughs> right. No, I like that, that sometimes it's not always even, you know, right. this is her special day. You say a lot of the problems that we experience in friendship, and I felt like you hit the nail on the head with this, is that we are feeling like something's unfair. Yes. And you say that if we, I love this too. If you keep looking for unfairness, you'll find it. I did say that to my son last night when we were talking about this book, I was like, yeah. what a great thing to say, because whatever you look for, you find right, right. in friendships and in life, you know, I, and we were talking about the glass half full thing. He did because he hadn't seen that before. I was like, see, with this is it's it's a metaphor. People are constantly looking for for what's not there. They might say it's a glass half full person, glass half. He's like, but I think it's both. And I was like, well, you're yes, a scientist. That's you know, the, and, and, the wisest person both. sees that the glass is they both see, half yes. full and both ha- and yeah. half empty at the same time. Yes. yes. The one thing that we really want to avoid is what I call tiny bit empty thinking. So here the glass is filled to the brim, except for one little drop. And I'll draw a picture for this for, uh, for kids in my practice. And the person focuses only Only. on that one little drop and then they're missing the whole picture. Yes. that, That tiny bit empty thinking is a path to misery. Yes. I, it's so interesting to that. You say that too, because you can look at a person and feel like, oh my gosh, like things are really going that person's way. Mm -hmm. And then, and I mean, well, don't we do this with our writing? Like people are like, Hey, wow, your book's amazing. And then you get like that one review, like, "Ah, (laughs) what a bunch of drivel, you know? And you're like, all you can think about is like that tiny bit. And you're like, but there were like 500 people who were like, yeah, 
And then there's this one person that's like, boo. And, you know, what do you hear is but boo. So like, how do we, how do we help them that when they are, when you're hearing them say things like, Mm, this feels really unfair that it's always unfair you know he always gets more than me and look my my cupcake is smaller and this is worse how do we how do we help them in that moment to look beyond the unfairness of that moment so we don't want to have a keeping score mindset Mm -hmm. um that was like looking around that's that doesn't belong in a friendship Mm -hmm. and it doesn't belong in a family yeah. Um, with my kids, I used to start singing that you can't always get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they appreciated that yeah, very much. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm yeah. not the good of a singer either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but th- it is really, we don't want to be stuck focusing on the grievances and collecting yes. them like beads on a string because yeah. that hurts us. That gets in the way of our enjoyment and full participation in life. We don't want to say, I can only be happy if everything is perfect because mm-hmm. guess what? Usually it's not going to be perfect. Right. Usually. So this is kind of a decision within ourselves to just proceed even yeah. though the world isn't perfect. I love that metaphor that you had in there. <laughs> it's so genius about like the, the we're going to make a cake. Yes. And we're going to bake. I'm going to put in the flour. The next person's like, I'm putting in the sugar. And then the next person's like, I'm putting in gravel. <laughs> right. So you want the point of that one is you want to bring your best self to the party. Yes. And when we are getting together with other people, we have a responsibility to add to the fun. Mm. And if you're sitting there adding the gravel to the cake, <laughs> you're wrecking the fun for everyone. Yeah. And that's not fair to other people. And it's not fair to you either. Yeah. And it's like that grumpy, the grumpy mindset, exactly. the negative mindset, the looking for the unfair, like this is like all part of it. Yeah. If you're, if you're constantly looking for what's lacking, that tiny bit not full or tiny bit empty situation, then that may be what's happening is adding the gravel. I think it's such a good, um, like if you just had that one word, if you're explaining this to your child and and you and you say everybody is part of part of this, we're all going to yeah, bring your best to self to the sure, party. Bring your best self to a party. We're going to grandma's party. I already know you don't want to take the picture. You know, we already know this. Like we're going to be putting our best self forward, whose feelings matter more, like all these things. And then when you start to have your child start to say things like while they're at the party, and you can you can say, remember the gravel. Yeah. That may be just the thing that just switches, you know, sometimes just having those little anchors. Do you ever yeah. use those? Yeah. And I, I draw pictures as much as I can with mm-hmm. um, kids in my practice because I feel like an image gets through to kids better than yeah. all adult talking. So so that that's one that I draw all the time about oh, bringing so the best self to the party. Another thing it, that's interesting is that sometimes kids don't know how to respond mm-hmm. to typical social questions. Mm-hmm. An example is, how are you? Mm. 
or how was your weekend or how's soccer or whatever it is. And the formula that I teach, because like most social interaction is not witty repartee, right? It's, <laughs> it's pretty formulaic, but that's okay because it's signaling connection and it's, mm -hmm. it's bringing us together. Um, and then we can deepen it from there. But if somebody asks you a, how are you question, the answer that I teach is great plus one oh, fact. Yes. So great expresses enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And the one fact is something that the listener can imagine because that can be a jumping off point for a conversation. So how was your weekend? Great. My grandparents came over and we made snickerdoodles. Ooh, I can imagine that and say, yeah. oh, I love snickerdoodles. <laughs> how, how do you make them? And, and yeah. we can have a conversation. And I also like oatmeal raisins. And, and then we can go yeah. from there. Um, so we're connecting. Or um, how's soccer? Great. Our team is losing all the time, but we have great snacks and we really like each other. <laughs> you know, like, Let's go back to the snickerdoodles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about the snacks. Like, yeah. So, so sometimes kids will push back and they say, well, do I have to say great? <laughs> and I encourage them to try saying great mm -hmm. because the kids who struggle with this are usually like, fine. Yes. And if you think about it, you're talking to somebody and everybody has a great plus one fact. And one kid says, fine. Yes. You know, who do you want to talk to? <laughs> I said that to my son last night. And of course he had to be funny. And he was like, well, I'd want to talk to that kid. And the grumpy <laughs> one. I'm like, really, really? You want to talk to this grumpy kid who has nothing to say and told you basically he's got gravel in his shoes. I, right. I, I, right. I, he's just being, he he's was just, yeah. he was just being silly. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And but enthusiasm it's a good point. is attractive. Yes, um, it is. You want to talk to the person who's finding the good in life and who's talking about snickerdoodles and fun things like snacks and, and movies yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So one thing that gets in the way for a lot of kids is what I call the magnet myth of friendship. And this is the belief that I have to be so amazing and impressive mm. that people are drawn to me mm. way a magnet attracts metal. This is a myth. That is not how friendships work. If you're looking for that, wow, you're amazing reaction. You are not looking for friends. You are looking for fans. Yeah. Friendship is fundamentally a relationship between equals. So if you think of two overlapping circles, that part in the middle, that's, you know, one circle is you, the other is the mm -hmm. other kid. That part in the middle, that overlap is your common ground. That's where friendships grow. So if you're talking about something that's true only of you, oh. that's not relevant to yeah. building the friendship. Oh, I love all of that. That is <laughs> that is really important. And I, what a great way of explaining it to your kids too. And using that, that diagram that you were just talking about of two, you know, overlapping circles. And you talk a lot about overlap in your last book, which by the way, anybody wants to listen to that podcast that we did together. That's a great one. And I'll link it to the show notes. Give me your top tip. What do you want people to come away with after listening to this podcast or reading your book? Kindness is the key to friendship. Mm, yeah. So a lot of times kids will try to be impressive mm -hmm. or try to be funny. And we all love being around people who make us laugh. Mm -hmm. 
But humor is actually kind of a risky social. Agreed. Because Mm -hmm. if you're just a little bit off, you are not funny. You are annoying. Mm -hmm. You really can't fail with kindness. Yeah. So imagine the other person's perspective and show up with kindness and it'll come. Mm. Also, if I may, I'd love to tell your listeners about my new podcast, which is- Oh, please do. Because the next question was, give us your resources and what what do you want us to know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the book um, that we've been talking about is called Growing Feelings, A Kid's Guide to Dealing with Emotions About Friends and Other Kids. Uh, because that's where the emotions happen. Mm -hmm. And it's a sequel to Growing Friendships, A Kid's Guide to Making and Keeping Friends. Uh, um, As you know, I have a whole bunch of books. Yes, (laughs) You can can find them on my website, EileenKennedyMoore.com. But my new project, which I just started this year, is a podcast called Kids Ask Dr. Friend-tastic. And what it is, is I get kids 13 and under, or parents of, to send in an audio recording of a first name, doesn't even have to be their name, their age, and a brief question about friendship. And then I give um, thought-provoking and practical ideas about uh, in response. The episodes are only five minutes, and they come out every Saturday morning. Uh, but I am having so much fun with this mm-hmm. because the kids' questions are so deep yes, and so important and so fundamental that it's it's just a thrill to to and a privilege to be able to answer them. Mm, yes, and your stuff so, is so good. I you can really find the podcast that. at um, uh, Doctor Friendtastic. That's Dr. Friendtastic dot com, and you click on the podcast link, so you can see how to submit your kids' front your kids' question and see all the old. Um, episodes. There's also a transcript and discussion questions with every episode so that you can deepen your child's understanding of whatever the issue is. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I really enjoyed this. It's so interesting and extremely helpful and everybody needs help with friends. So I just want to say thank you for for giving us your insights and your strategies. They will be used. I appreciate that. My pleasure, Robin. It's it's always a delight to talk with you. You too. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up to the Dr. Robin Silverman page on Facebook. We can chat about it. Twitter, which is now X. You can go to drrobinsilverman.com. By the way, It is so helpful when you purchase our books. Dr. Eileen Kennedy Moore just gave you hers. Remember, mine is how to talk to kids about anything, which, you know, October 10th is the the big day. And I'm just so excited that you have my books, that you're talking about my books, that you're, you're putting pictures up about my books, you're giving reviews about my books. Anytime I have an author on here, which is every week, obviously, anytime that you give a review, that five-star reviews are so helpful and they help to drive the sales of the book. They help to drive people to them. We don't ask for any money for these podcasts. The one thing that I would just say would be so helpful is if you gave a a, a five-star review for the podcast and a five-star review for the books that you're hearing about. If you're telling people about Eileen Kennedy, Kennedy Moore's book, if you're telling people about my book, it's so helpful. 
So if you love this podcast, like I did, I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it. So other people can learn about Eileen Kennedy more. They can learn about my podcast. It does something with the algorithm that I don't know, but it would be extremely helpful. And I'll just say, I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to how to talk to kids about anything. For more information about books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, you can go to drrobinsilverman.com. I hope I'm coming to a city near you to talk about my book, to go to the book signing, to go to someplace where I'm speaking, please check up with me. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. Maybe you heard something today and you're like, I did not have that conversation with my kid. Or my kid does that all the time. And that is not how I counsel him or react. And guess what? you've got another chance. It's no, it's not easy, but there's typically a tomorrow. And of course, podcasts always tell us like, oh, okay, we've revealed something, but parenting typically provides us with the ultimate tool over. So if you haven't talked about friendship or you haven't talked about it in this way, you can start today. You can start tomorrow. You can try again. I see you. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.